Let's pray and then we'll get right into the message. Let's pray. Dear Lord, we thank you for the opportunity to be in church this evening. We thank you for these wonderful people, Lord. I pray that you'd fill me with your spirit. Lord, help me as I preach your word, Lord, and challenge your people. Help them to be encouraged and uplifted. I pray that uh, something that I say you would use, Lord, for each one of these people, these folks here this evening, Lord, that you would uh, challenge them in this area of missions. We love you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. I wonder if I were to ask you what the greatest need for any missionary, any one of your missionaries, you saw the missionary board in the back here, or for all our family, what the greatest need would be. And uh, if you were to probably think about it, I think we would probably all come to the same conclusion. Of course, it's not finances. That wouldn't be the greatest need. It's not visas uh, or permits or a church building or land, although all of those things are important. The greatest thing uh, I believe that any missionary needs is prayer support praying for missionaries. And uh, that's the whole purpose for prayer cards. That's why we have little prayer cards to give out. And uh, not so that we look cool on a little card, but so that you can pray for us. And uh, I'd like you to open your Bibles to, uh, let's see, let's open up to Colossians 4.3. And when you get there, uh, look up. I'd like to read just several verses and then we'll read uh, there in Colossians. Paul speaks many times about the need for prayer. While you're turning there, I'll read 1 Thessalonians 5.25. The Bible says, Brethren, pray for us. In 2 Thessalonians 3.1, he says, Finally, brethren, pray for us that the word of the Lord may have free course and be glorified even as it is with you. Paul, over and over again, saying, pray for us, and then asking for specific prayer. He said, don't just pray for me and say, bless Paul and uh, whatever he's doing over there. No, pray that God would open a door. Pray that God, uh, we'll see here in a moment, that uh, God would open a door and give us utterance, that we'd be able to preach the gospel and have freedom, that God would open up the right doors and we'd have pre freedom to preach the gospel. So you're there in uh, Colossians 4.3. He said, With all praying also for us, that God would open unto us a door of utterance to speak the mystery of Christ for which I am also in bonds. And so I'd like to encourage you this evening to pray for your missionaries. There's a story uh, Dr. Fuller, Andrew Fuller, once wrote about William Carey, of course, the missionary to India. He went when he was 33 years old. Before he went, uh, Mr. Fuller talks about a conversation that they had. And he said, Mr. Fuller said, there's a gold mine in India, but it seems as deep as the center of the earth. Who will venture to explore it? And Kerry responded with this statement, and you may have heard this before. He said, I'll go down into the pit if you will hold the ropes for me. And Mr. Fuller wrote, he said, We committed this we solemnly engaged to do, pledging ourselves never to desert him as long as we should live. And so holding the ropes for your missionaries, and I'd like to specifically focus this evening on holding the ropes through prayer, praying for your missionaries. And I wonder... Are you praying for your missionaries? The prayer letters uh, around back are uh, updated, obviously, and the whole purpose for putting those out there is so that you can read those and you can see some prayer needs. Praying for your missionaries. I wonder, could you say that you faithfully pray for your missionaries? Oftentimes, we get into the rut of just saying, Lord, bless the missionaries. Just all of our missionaries, let's bless them. Lord, amen. 
We kind of skim over it. Then we get real specific about our prayer needs, right? And Lord, there's this debt and this is how much it is. And Lord, we need this uh, uh, sickness healed. And Lord, we need this. And, and boy, the house and the kids. And, and we get real specific when we pray uh, oftentimes. But are you praying specifically for your missionaries? So I'd like to challenge you in this area. And you say, man, what can I pray for? How do I pray specifically? Of course, the prayer letters. But I'd like to share just a few things that you can pray for that would apply to all of your missionaries. So you could plug our name in there. Lord, praying for the Wyatts for this particular need. And uh, these different areas would apply to any one of your missionaries. And so I'd like to share just a few things that you can pray for that we desperately need you to pray for. Man, if Paul needed prayer, how, more, how much more does Jerry Wyatt need prayer there in Tanzania? And so the first thing that I, I would ask you to pray for is for our safety. Pray for our safety. In 2 Thessalonians, we read there, 2 Thessalonians 3, uh, verse 1, he said, Finally, brethren, pray for us that the word of the Lord may have free course and be glorified, even as it is with you. And so, so he said, pray that we'd have open doors, that we'd have free course, that we could get the gospel out. But then he goes on to say, he gets more specific about something else. And he says, uh, in verse 2, he says, And that we may be delivered from unreasonable and wicked men. For all men have not the faith. And so Paul said, I want you to specifically pray for, uh, for us to be able to get the gospel out. And then he said, I want you to pray for safety. I want you, because there's some wicked men that would like to do us harm. And pray for us as we go out to preach the gospel to God for, to, to protect us from these wicked men, these unreasonable men. And so praying for your missionary safety. Any one of your missionaries are traveling, whether they're traveling uh, just starting out or they're traveling back like our family. Uh, we'll be in uh, 23 churches uh, this furlough, and then we head back in the 1st of January and traveling all over the United States and then traveling there in Tanzania. Traveling there can be very dangerous. Uh, we travel from Morgor to Dar es Salaam. That's the, the working capital, and uh, that's where the embassy is, some government offices and different things. And that road is very dangerous. It's just one, uh, one lane going, one lane coming. And uh, much like old Highway 60 here. Uh, is it this side? Okay. Um, potholes and different things. Every time we take that trip, almost, I would, I would venture to say every time we see some type of accident on the side of the road. So semi-flipped, I've known missionaries that have died on that road traveling. Um, that same road further beyond Morogor, we came up over a hill and uh, we saw a uh, pickup truck, similar to Pastor's pickup truck, just like that. The whole front end smashed in. And uh, so we came up to it. About three, three, four hundred villagers off in the ditch on the side off to the left. So we pulled over just to kind of see what was going on. And I come to find out a, somebody had been driving that morning, flying down the road, and uh, ran, sideswiped an elephant. And the elephant was dead off in the ravine, and the villagers were butchering it for meat. And, uh, and so... As any good missionary would, we bought two kilos of elephant meat to take home and cook up. But you think, man, the dangers, you don't even think about hit sides. I mean, an elk or a deer, I mean, that's pretty crazy. But an elephant, I don't know if you're walking away alive on that one. My parents have had issues with people trying to stop them on the road, put down spikes, rob, you know, all of these things. Not to try to paint some grim picture of mission work, but... Man, missionaries need safety. 
prayer for safety. Um, different places are more hostile than others. I know for a period of time there in Tanzania, uh, there were some Muslims trying to bomb churches and things. And, and as we came to church, that was in the back of our mind. Lord, protect us. We need your safety. Uh, we need you to protect us. As I alluded to earlier, uh, we, we've been broken into our home. We kind of stick out there in Africa. And, uh, and one particular time, they had climbed, they jumped the fence, a group of men, they, they had poisoned our dog before they got over. We have a German Shepherd guard dog. They had uh, beaten up and tied up our guard. They had broken through the rebar. Uh, we have a, a grill on our back door, a back door of our house. They'd broken through that. And we're in the kitchen when I heard the banging. And uh, I thought it maybe was the dryer or something. My wife had left shoes or something in there and went out and come face to face with uh, a robber coming into our house. He ran when he saw me, thankfully, and, uh, and the Lord protected us. And they, they tried several times to do that, uh, trying to get into our house. One time they stole a motorcycle, carried it right over the side of the wall. Uh, we have a wall that surrounds our house. And so we try to be wise. You know, we, we try to put in things for protection, but ultimately protection is of the Lord. Amen. And so we need people praying for us. Um, and any one of your missionaries, I would imagine many of your missionaries could give you similar stories if they've been on the field for any period of time. And uh, I'm, I'm just amazed at how safe things can be here in the United States. Really, I know there's all kinds of stories and different things, but uh, my brother-in-law never takes his keys out of his car. It's one of the keyless starts. Runs into Walmart, and I, are you sure you, that you feel comfortable? I mean, it's small town Iowa, but um, the, uh, your keys are in your truck out back. I hope it's still there. It wouldn't be in Africa. Um, but really, the, 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 and, and even 911, you call the police immediately, and, or an EMT. Or, really, that infrastructure is not there in Tanzania. Um, so pray for our safety, all right, uh, there in Tanzania. The Bible says the horse is prepared against the day of battle, but safety is of the Lord. And uh, if, if, if we're to be protected there in Tanzania, it's not going to be by me working out or buying a bigger gun. It's going to be safety is going to be of the Lord. And so pray for us. Pray that God would keep us safe there in Tanzania for their health, their health. Uh, of course, their physical health. I've known missionaries that have had to come off the field because of health issues. And uh, if, if I'm sick in bed with malaria, I'm not out preaching the gospel. And uh, if, if we have a child that develops some sickness and we need extra attention or extra care, maybe, uh, you know, who knows what will happen. And uh, so pray for their, their health uh, there in that country. Of course, being exposed to all kinds of diseases and uh, tuberculosis. And we have people with all, I mean, just hacking up a lung in church. And, you know, of course, we try to be wise. And there's AIDS and, you know, all of these things. All of our kids were, were born there in Tanzania. But all of them have been held by people with different diseases and things. I mean, uh, we... Again, we try to be wise. And we, man, after shaking hand times, my wife is squirting Germex all over our hands. And, you know, we try to be careful about those types of things. But some things are, you, you just can't avoid. And uh, we need God to keep us healthy. And thankfully, I've only gotten malaria once. And nobody in our family has gotten malaria. And uh, that's really uncommon. That's, that's not normal. Uh, many of our church peoples c continually, I'll hear, yeah, I got malaria again or... 
I'm dealing with typhoid or uh, got somebody's got tuberculosis or, you know, whatever. And uh, all of these diseases, I go into the hospitals. You can feel disease just floating in the air. <laughs> and um, I, it's warm, obviously no air conditioning, no hand sanitizer stations everywhere. Um, and d- do I not go visit church folks, you know? Um, and so really pray for your missionary's health. All of our boys have, David and Andrew have had, uh, as any boy would, and I, you know, any boy should have an accident or two, but not as many as they have had. Um, both of them, we, we have metal fans there in Tanzania, and they go a lot faster than this, and they're, they're metal. And uh, one time, we had somebody over visiting, and he was playing with David. He was, what, four years old? Two years old. Playing with him, lifting him up. The fan was a little bit low, and he was lifting him, um, um, him up high over his head. He's a taller guy, and it just laid back his head. Now, we're four hours, five hours from a good hospital, and uh, we have a good relationship with the local hospital and uh, the regional medical officer, and that's why we do these medical clinics, bring in doctors, nurses, and do those types of things to get the gospel. There's a huge need, but that just puts us in a place where we don't have a lot of options. And so seeking the Lord's wisdom, we Skyped a, a doctor and tried to, you know, he said, tie the hair together. And I don't know if you've ever tried that on a kid with the laid, laid back skin. That doesn't work. Um, but men, we need safety. We need to God to protect our health and protect uh, our children uh, and their health. Two weeks before we left, um, missionary, been there almost 30 years or maybe over 30 years, 65 years old, died of a heart attack. And uh, we went to his funeral, tried to help his wife and different things. But, you know, I think, man, who's going to take his place? He saw many thousands trust Christ over the years. And so pray for your missionary's health, that whether they're young or old, uh, that God would protect their health. And so as you're praying, Remembering these things, remembering these stories. Lord, pray. I'm praying for the so-and-sos. Lord, uh, would you protect their health? Just give them health. Give them extra energy today as they go and serve you. For their physical health, for their mental health. Well, missionaries can get discouraged. And, you know, as with anybody in, in, in serving the Lord anywhere in the world, uh, but you've got missionaries dealing with cultural aspects, uh, dealing with small irritations. Uh, people often ask, what's, what's your greatest challenge there in Tanzania? What, what's something that really just, uh, uh, just discourages you? And I really haven't ever been able to think of one individual thing. It's a lot of little things. You know, we run out of water. Okay, we've got to figure out how we get water. We, the electric cuts out. I'm trying to print my message, and the electric cuts out. All right, so we get the generator started. Okay, the generator's not working. All right, so we call somebody. Somebody sells us the wrong part. They try to jip us, you know. Um, all of these little things, and uh, a missionary can get discouraged by the little things, by all those little small foxes, if you will, that could discourage. And so pray for their mental health. They need to be strengthened by the Lord daily. And uh, that leads me to the final thing, their spiritual health. And uh, pray that they would stay strong spiritually. As that missionary is preaching the gospel, as he's preaching, you know, most of the time, uh, missionaries are serving first-generation Christians. And uh, they're constantly giving. Um, 
In a church like this, you'd have multiple generations of Christians. You have gray, uh, gray hairs here that could be an encouragement to their pastor. Oftentimes, for missionaries, that's not the case. There aren't Christians that have been saved for decades. They're winning to them to the Lord. And so they're constantly pouring out. And if they don't stay strong spiritually, they can get depleted. And if they don't stay in their Bible, they can get depleted spiritually weak. And again... I'm not trying to paint a grim picture. Man, it's serving the Lord in Tanzania is the greatest thing and, and, and seeing people trust Christ and, and the stories that I could share with you of the different people that have trusted Christ over the years. Uh, exciting. And um, many times I'll think, man, this, is, this must have been what David Livingston experienced or this must have been, uh, th- this is so exciting. But we need you to hold the ropes. If you're not on that end, we need more on that end, by the way, If you're not on that end, we need you back here holding the ropes, being faithful to that, because we're relying on you. As William Carey said, we'll go, we'll go. We'll go to Tanzania. But will will you be willing to hold the ropes? So holding the ropes through prayer, uh, praying for their uh, safety, praying for their health, praying for their children, praying for that we have four children. Many of your missionaries have children that are going to grow up in that foreign country, praying for those children as many times they're homeschooled in that foreign country and then trying to learn the language there and make friends and and then coming back to the states and pastor and I were talking about some of the challenges for missionary kids I grew up there we went when I was 10 and I'm thankful for that and obviously God prepared me for the work that he has but not all missionary kids come out that way not all missionary kids are happy some some kind of get bitter man I tugged all the way to Africa or Asia or Papua New Guinea and uh, I remember as a teenager Wishing that I could play basketball, maybe, and uh, or, or or do some things, but I'm thankful for my upbringing. I know the Lord, the Lord prepared me, and pray for our children that no matter what, whether they become missionaries or whether they uh, are a plumber here in the United States, whatever it is that God has for them, that they would grow up just to love the Lord and to serve Him and be willing to be surrendered to whatever it is that He has. And so the challenges that they face, that God would bring them, give them the grace to go through those challenges. I often use this illustration. For illustration purposes, we're the blue people going to the yellow people. I don't know if you ever heard this before. And uh, after spending time with the blue, the, as blue people, spending time with the yellow people, trying to serve them, learn their culture, learn their language, you find out you're green. And uh, you're somewhere in between. You go back to America and uh, people are talking about different things and, and different uh, even, even word, there's a new word the other day that I'd never heard of before. Oh, yeah, that's the new word for um, uh, cool or something. And, uh, but as, especially as children, it's pronounced. You come back and uh, trying to be in the youth group or whatever. And then you go back to Africa and you're not African, obviously. And, uh, but you understand a lot there. You understand a lot here. But sometimes you find yourself in between. And, and that can be a challenge if, if you don't allow God to help you through it. And so pray for those missionary children that they would be able to serve the Lord there. I'm so thankful all of our children love the Lord are helping us tremendously. I told David, man, I don't want to rely on you too much. Man, you're going to head off to Bible college and uh, I don't know what I'm going to do. And uh, he helps, as they said, they help out with setting up all the Sunday schools in the morning. Uh, they get over there early and set out chairs and get things ready and, uh, and, and helping with some of the music and uh, Kate, really, and even Andrew. Um, and so that's, that's wonderful. And I grew up 
helping my parents in the ministry, doing uh, outreaches and things. And so pray that God would give them the grace as we serve there in Tanzania. Pray for the children. Number four, pray for the marriage. As any marriage anywhere goes through ups and downs, uh, a marriage on the mission field can be strained by all of those little things that we mentioned. Um, you know, Rachel has to prepare meals around electrical cuts. You know, we'll be heading off to church. Man, electric goes out. I had a crock pot planned for supper. Well, skip that. Change it. Switch it around. Uh, going to the market and learning a different language, learning a different culture. Um, and then thinking back to her home church there in Iowa, obviously an Iowa girl growing up there uh, in Iowa and thinking back to her Sunday school classes and, and a church family and uh, we have, uh, they have a fall activity every year and different things and, and sometimes that can be uh, put a strain on a marriage. And so pray for that marriage that it would stay, stay strong. If, if, if that marriage blows sky high. They're, they're not going to be on, they're not going to stay on the mission field. They're not going to continue winning people. And uh, I've seen marriages fall apart on the mission field. And uh, pray for that marriage, that it would stay strong, that, that, that both of them would stay in God's word and they'd stay close to each other and uh, that the devil wouldn't try to get in between there, wouldn't be able to get in between there. Of course, he, he would try, uh, but that marriage would stay strong. They continue uh, to serve the Lord there. Number five, pray for the people the people of that ministry, the staff, um, as the ministry would grow, different people starting to uh, serve alongside, and then some of the pastors that they work with, and uh, helping to start churches. And one of the most discouraging things that I've heard over the years, and really actually uh, seen in our own ministry, are those that you might rely on or you trust, and then things change, or they change, or they uh, um, um, discourage you and make bad choices and different things. And so pray for the, those that are serving alongside that missionary. Like I said, we wouldn't be here if it weren't for a team of Tanzanians uh, there in Tanzania serving. Um, and this, this other missionary family, that they've been there just one year. Uh, it's a whole nother story, exciting. Uh, years ago, I was preaching at a youth conference. A young man came forward, I don't know, maybe 14 or 15, and he said, I, I feel like the Lord's calling me to Tanzania. And I've heard that many times, or I, I feel like I'm called to missions. And amen, brother. Well, stay faithful, you know, serve the Lord, and, and we'll see. And this young man uh, grew up, went off to Bible college, four years, graduated, got married, continued to uh, keep in touch with me, and, and, uh, and, and finally, now, just a year ago, has moved his family, and they're there in Tanzania serving. That's an exciting testimony, uh, just of a young man uh, feeling the call of the Lord and then staying faithful to that calling and coming and serving there in Tanzania. But if it weren't for a team of people, as I mentioned, somebody asked, if it weren't for those staff that are just faithful, faithful them and their wives and their families, uh, serving the Lord, preaching, keeping it, keeping the, the work of the Lord moving forward, and pray for those staff people. Uh, pray for our church teens. I'm burdened for our young people, the next generation. Uh, if Tanzania is to be reached, it's going to be reached by uh, the next generation getting excited about the gospel and sharing that with others and, and staying faithful to the Lord, getting married right, doing the right thing. Uh, we work, you know, of course, we, we, we try to reach anybody. It doesn't matter their age. Uh, but many times men who come to us in their 40s and 50s, 
they've got a lot of baggage. They've got a lot of things in their lives. And uh, when, when we can start with that generation, uh, that, 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 that young generation that can grow up and, uh, in the church and then go out and, and, and get married and do it right and pray for our young people. There's, as, as with anywhere in the world, there, Satan is trying to get them. And especially uh, there in Tanzania, there's a lot of uh, Western influence that is flooding in, as with anywhere. But, but, but especially there, I feel, because uh, everybody's getting smartphones. I mean, they'll live in a mud hut. They don't have electricity, but they have a smartphone. They have TikTok. They've got Facebook. They've got all of these things, and it's flooding in. And uh, there's no moral uh, foundation to reject any of that. It's just, man, if we want to be advanced, if we want to be like America, then we need to accept all of this stuff. And so um, obviously there are benefits to Facebook or the Internet, but man, there's a whole lot of junk in there. And uh, uh, these Tanzanians have no idea, and especially the parents. They're just letting their kids uh, have, have phones and uh, uh, just taking it all in. And so really pray for the next generation of Tanzanians, uh, the teenagers uh, living out of wedlock and all of this. It has become kind of a cultural norm in that They'll just kind of live together, call each other husband and wife, never married. And uh, something that, that we continually, uh, I continually preach on and challenge and, and encourage. And so really pray for this, this next generation. I, I, I'm burdened for them and I'm encouraged. This next generation, really more than ever before in my ministry there in Tanzania, I'm encouraged by this next generation. We have a Bible characters class uh, every Saturday for young men. And uh, really from ages 5, 6, all the way up to 20. And these are young men that come every Saturday morning. We go out on visitation on Saturdays. But they come early, and we just, I just teach them uh, anything to do with character, anything to do with the Bible, uh, how to give a testimony, uh, how to preach, uh, how to say amen in church, where to sit in church, uh, how to treat women, anything you could imagine that a young boy might be taught by his father that these boys won't ever be taught. And uh, things from the Bible, uh, all of these things, and just trying to train this next generation. I've been so encouraged. I think of two young men. There's David uh, and Derek. And uh, David, just before, the Sunday before I left, I always get to church early, make sure everything's set up, um, along with a team of other folks. And uh, he came up to me, said, Pastor, I have an idea. He's maybe nine years old. He said, Pastor, what if every Saturday uh, when we come together, when we have our class, what if each one of us take turns and we preach? And uh, he, he got excited about preaching and he wants to uh, prepare and plan sermons. He said, what if we preach? I said, man, that's a great idea. And how exciting, how it thrills my heart as a pastor, this next generation having a desire to preach the gospel. His brother, Derek, uh, really, there's, there's so many stories I could share, but um, his brother, Derek, <clears throat> came up to me one Wednesday night after church. He said, Pastor, I want to share a blessing with you. I said, what, what, what is it? He said, today I was in uh, my class. Every, every school has a religious, religious hour, and the, the school that he goes to, we, we aren't teaching the Bible in. And um, he said, we were in class today, and our religious teacher never showed up. 
And so he said, so I just stood up and I shared the gospel in class today. And he said, 29 of my classmates trust Christ as their Savior. And man, as a pastor, what an encouragement. A zeal. Man, they are zealous. Uh, He and his brother both, we had... Uh, little forms that I passed out to all of our church people. I said, you know, I want everybody doing something. Everybody needs to be involved. And if you're not involved in something, you need to get involved. And I, so I said, listen, uh, I want you to put your name and then uh, the ministry you want to be involved in. So uh, we, we need folks in the choir. We need folks uh, serving in our public school ministry. We need people, uh, you know, whatever ministry, we want you to get involved. We want you to serve in some capacity. And so um, we shared all the different ministries and um, people filled those out. And Derek and David, they filled theirs out. And uh, by the way, their dad isn't really in the picture at all. They just live with their mom and uh, they are faithful. Every, every service they're there. And they filled out that form and in, their, in the ministry slot, they said, we want to pastor. And uh, of course, they weren't trying to steal my job, but they want to be preachers. They want to pastor one day. And uh, he told me, my dream one day is to work for the church. I want to serve the Lord. I want to preach the gospel. Amen. And so pray for these young men. And, 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 and on the video, you saw David showing his friends. One of those was Derek. One was David. Of course, there's Zawadi. And there's, there's many. The Saturday we finished, there were probably 20 young men at that class. And uh, it's just kind of grown. It was just a few. Really, I started it for a few. And my boys, I wanted them to be in something like that. And uh, it's just grown. And uh, anybody, any of the young men are welcome. And uh, so pray, pray for that next generation. Pray for the people. Pray for the teenagers. Pray for the marriages uh, there in our church that uh, these folks would stay strong, ready to serve the Lord. Let me just run through quickly uh, just a few more and, uh, and we'll be done. Pray for the government. There in Tanzania, we have recently been having a lot of issues with visas and permits uh, to be in the country. And in fact, um, we have a little under three years and we're, technically we're supposed to be out of the country done. So really, this past May was our five year, five years since they enacted the law uh, that as missionaries, as foreigners, we were to be out of the country done. And so we, we talked to all kinds of people, government officials, uh, uh, um, essentially what would be congressmen or senators and uh, parliamentary members trying to figure out. T- I talked to the, the, the commissioner of labor, um, the, uh, the minister of labor, just trying to figure out what can we do. We, we, we can't just get kicked out. We, we still have work to do. And um, the government ended up adding three more years from this past May, three more years for any foreigner, missionary or otherwise, um, just three more years down the road. They kind of kicked the can down the road, three more years. Then we'll figure out what we're going to do. And uh, so that three years ends uh, two months before that crusade, the 2024 crusade. And so we need you to pray. And uh, they've promised that we can ask for an exemption and, 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 and maybe get exempt from that limit. Um, and then we seek exemption every two years and uh, essentially every two years and you could be out. And so a real challenge. Uh, I've known, I know missionaries that have left Tanzania because of that. And uh, my parents, in fact, were rejected twice. Told, no, you need to go. They, re- they, they tried to repeal it or they, they went back and, and, and uh, uh, what would be the word, just asked to, to uh, review that. Were rejected a second time. 
on the third review, they, and that was the last. You can only go back twice asking them to review it. On the third time, they were given another two years. And uh, so really, really pray about that. And, and any one of your missionaries, many missionaries deal with the, the visa issues. And you see, praise the Lord, we got our visa. And you're like, oh, that's nice. Amen. Praise the Lord. But what is behind that is, 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 is a major challenge many times. And so pray for your missionaries as they deal with the government, whether it's buying land or getting visas or work permits and all of that. Of course, pray for the ministry. As Paul said, open doors. All of the different ministries you just saw need you, need you to pray for them. All the teachers and uh, the, 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 the church there in Morogoro and then the village churches and those pastors. And as they seek to expand... It's exciting. The fourth church that we started is actually um, the, the, the fruit of the first church that we started. And so uh, the first church we started, we helped them now start a second church in that region, that area. And uh, right on, on the uh, border of Tanzania uh, in Lake Tanganyika. And so pray for all of those ministries. I won't go through the different ministries, but each one of them uh, needs your prayers. All the different outreaches. Next year we have two medical outreaches that we'll be doing. And um, we bring in doctors, nurses. They listen to the need, whether it's glasses or, a, or an ailment of some kind. And then while they're waiting for their glasses to be prepared or their medication to be given, they sit one-on-one with one of our church people and get a clear presentation of the gospel. And uh, this outreach is probably one of the greatest outreaches as far as fruit that we see immediate fruit getting people into church. And uh, we do it right there on the church property. And so we encourage them, hey, come back Sunday. We want you to come back Sunday. And something really neat that we do every time we do one of these outreaches. In fact, we've done it uh, separate from that just because it's such a great uh, tool to get people in churches. We uh, will we'll, uh, advertise to those who come for the medical outreach, come back Sunday. There are 25 families that will, get, will be put in a drawing to get life, uh, health insurance for a year. And this is a limited health insurance. We can do it, I think it's $13, $14 for the year for a family of six. And so they come and uh, we draw 25 names. Well, when they get that, then they add six people to that. The only way to add them to it is if they bring them to church. So for the next five weeks, we have this insurance agent at our church and they can only do it Sunday afternoon. And so they're bringing all their families and friends. Hey, you got to get the, you got to get on my plan, but you got to go to church to get it. And uh, we've seen many people after those six weeks say, "Man, I, I like the, I like being in church. I like hearing preaching." They get saved and they join the church, get baptized, and so. All of these things, as I mentioned this morning, it's all gospel-centered. Everything that we do. Of course, we help people with their physical need, whether it's a feeding center or whatever, but with the purpose of getting them the gospel. And uh, if, if that weren't the case, it'd be worthless. So, you know, we're, not, we're, not, we're never going to help all the starving people in the world. We're never going to be able to. But if we can use that as a tool to get them uh, the gospel, we're all for it. I mentioned the Maasai ministry. Keep that in your prayers. Pray for that. And then finally here, spiritual darkness. Uh, the, 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 of course, Africa often called the dark continent and uh, the, the, the witchcraft and all of that that's prevalent. Uh, the lack of a clear presentation of the gospel, the light of the gospel. And uh, it can, it's, it, you don't see witch doctors on every corner or anything like that. But you definitely feel the impact. You definitely see the impact in people's lives. One of our assistants, his wife, when I was trying to counsel him and encourage him about his marriage, he said, 
pastor, some, and I've known him for, at that point, maybe 15 years, uh, 15, or maybe over 15 years. He said, my wife's birth name is Dawa, which is medicine, really witch doctor medicine. Um, that's her real name. And she was, can see her parents went to the witch doctor. They couldn't have kids. And uh, she, they went to the witch doctor and they had her. And so her family is putting a lot of pressure on her and she constantly feels that weight of almost I owe it to that, to, to the witch doctor. And uh, that playing into now all the family issues and different things. And so, so submerged oftentimes into the culture, as I mentioned with the Maasai. We went to a, college, uh, a high school graduation, and a part of the ceremony was a witch doctor ceremony. We had to get up and leave. I mean, can you imagine? And um, oftentimes playing into people's lives and, and the darkness that, that really is there, the battle that we fight, just trying to punch holes in the darkness with the light of the gospel. And so holding the ropes. I'd like to finish th with this one illustration there's a fishing village. In a fishing village, a cry rang out. Boy overboard. A young, young boy had slipped and fallen into uh, the water. And the water had, uh, was a pretty strong current uh, rushing. And uh, a man that was close by saw the boy drowning, tied a rope around his waist. A crowd had gathered. He threw the rope back to the crowd and jumped into the water, swam out to the boy, grabbed him, and looked back and said, pull us in, pull us in. And everybody looked around and the other end of the rope had slipped into the water. Nobody, nobody was holding the ropes. And I'd encourage you, Christian, are you holding the ropes for your missionaries? Missionaries, as I mentioned, may have to come off the field, pass away on the field, get sick, have to come off. Let it never be said that a missionary came off the field because you didn't hold the ropes for them. You've committed to holding the ropes for us. I hope you would. Don't just say, man, our church, we're big. Yeah, we, we give to missions and we pray for missionaries. And yeah, we, we care about our missionary. No, what about you individually? Are you holding the ropes for your missionaries? Let's bow our heads and close our eyes. As you do that, I'll ask my children to come up and get prepared to, to sing. I wonder, Christian, are you holding the ropes for your missionaries? You say, I, man, I, I don't have a whole lot to give. Of course, we, we all need to be giving to missions. Um, we all need to be doing our part. But are you holding this, the ropes in this area of prayer? Are you being faithful? We, we need you. I'm taking my family down as... William Carey said, we'll go down into the pit. We'll take the gospel where it's needed if you'll hold the ropes. Dear Lord, we come before you. We just ask you to encourage hearts this evening. Lord, I believe your people have been challenged. We've all been reminded, reminded of the importance of prayer, specifically in praying for missionaries. Lord, I pray that you would help us all be more faithful. We'd be faithful to praying for the work here in the U.S. and then for foreign missions as those families, individuals take the gospel to a foreign land. We love you, Lord. We need you. 
In Jesus' name, amen.